Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I'm very, very excited about our guest today because um, I think I found my new favorite moisturizer, thanks to her. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the founder of La Maria Skincare, Dr. Manuela Vasquez. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vasquez. I'm so, so excited that you're here. Thank you. I, I'm so excited that we finally get to chat. Yes, me too. I know this has been a long time coming, but I, I can't wait to hear all about your vision. So um, I want to get started by talking about your medical journey and um, just your background a little bit so the listeners can, you know, kind of get to know you a little bit. Okay, great. So I am um, an OBGYN and mm-hmm. I'm a practicing OBGYN. I, I see patients daily. And um, I, I practice in Southern California and um, I've been out of been OBJN for the past, I think, 12 years now. It's been so long, I'm not exactly sure, but it's been a while. Um, <laughs> and it was actually, you know, my, my patients that inspired me to start this brand, along wow. with a few other people. I love that. I love when doctors say, like, you know, from your patient experience, like you had something, you know, really come come out of that or bud some kind of innovation. Um, I want to talk about um, just like the idea of skincare and mixing OB with like this idea of, you know, um, really bringing the skin into the picture. I mean, you know, can you talk to us about that whole journey and like the the mindset you had and the, the whole innovative process when you were crafting your products? Yeah, well, it, it actually starts, um, you know, so La Maria, it's um, a skincare line that focuses on clean beauty for your hormonal changes. And um, it's one that supports the skin changes that occur as your hormones change and what, you know, your hormones are, are what they, their um, importance in your skin. And mm. as our hormones change, our skin changes. And so um, it, it's actually the brand is, is an homage to my mom, Maria. And, um, oh, wow. yeah, you know, my mom is Brazilian and I don't know if you know anything about Brazil, but Brazilians love to celebrate. They love to find any reason to have a party yeah. and ever, ever since I was little, um, my mom has been celebrating the fact that I, I'm, I was a female and my, you know, my sisters, I only have sisters. And so she was always telling us, you guys are so lucky to be girls. You're, you know, you're, I you're, love that. Yes. That's like a true feminist. You oh, know? for sure. Ever yeah. since I was little, I mean, she would say things as, you know, as cheesy as they sound, they, they, I still remember she would say, your body is a temple. You need to oh. take care of it. You need to honor it. Other people should honor it. Um, you need to, that's a great mom. Uh, yes, that's a great I, mom. Yeah. And my, my mom has always approached all of women's life transitions in a very positive manner. You know, with, with everything in life, there's positive and there's negative and you kind of choose if you're going to focus on the positive, if you're going to focus on the negative. And yeah. it was her, you know, her, um, affirmations that really inspired me to be a gynecologist where I was like, you know, I love, I love who I am. I love women. I want to you know, take care of women for the rest of my life. And I was just so interested in women's health and um, their bodies. And, um, and, and I love the way she approached everything. And I remember very, I remember very vividly when I was 13 and I got my first period at school and I, I I came home on the school bus and um, I got in the car and I just started to cry. And my mom turned to me and she said, why are you crying? This is the congratulations. This is a big day. You're part of, you're part of the, Yes, you're part of the club. You know, you're you're now one of us, and your body. You, and and but she didn't ever say like, oh, but just wait. The the cramps that you're going to feel every month are horrible, or you know, you're going to be so embarrassed the times I have to pick you up from school because you bled through your pants and you didn't have an extra pair of pants. 
And so she, she chose to focus on the positive. And then when I got pregnant, you know, I went and I told her and and this time she started to cry and she said, this is so beautiful. You're bringing another girl in the world, you know, the future generation of of feminists and and, on the planet. Like I want to meet your mother. (laughs) She's so amazing. She's so fun. And, and, but she never said, you know, but just wait till you're in labor. Contractions are the worst experience you'll ever experience or, you know, the back pain in the third trimester are horrible. Again, she only focused on the positive. And then when I became a gynecologist and I started to see women who came in to talk to me about, you know, their hormones changing, you know, they came in and they were, they were confused and they didn't really know what to expect and they were disheartened and they sounded disappointed. And, and right then I thought, where is my mom now to give them this, this pep talk of what a beautiful time in their lives this is your hormones changing. I mean, that's a beautiful time. You know, it's another transition that has so much positivity to in it. You know, it once you go through menopause, you never have to worry about buying tampons or pads again. You know, you can have intercourse without ever worrying, oh, is there a condom? Is, you know, will I get pregnant? It's it's right. it's time in your life where it's like a freedom, a freedom that, that you didn't have. And you're a wiser version of yourself and you know where you've been and, and you you know where you're going. And right. And so I, you know, I heard my patients talking to me about this and then they would talk about what they were experiencing physically. And I would hear over and over again, I just feel like everything is so dry. My hair is dry. My skin on my face is dry. The skin on, you know, my vagina is dry. The skin all over my body is dry. I even had a patient once tell me, I feel like my eyes are dry. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, what I think a lot of people don't know is that you know, 50% of women over the age of 50 complain of vaginal dryness at some point in their life due to hormonal changes. And then women before menopause, about 20% of women will complain of of vaginal dryness, whether it's from breastfeeding or um, birth control pills or antidepressants or medical conditions. And, you know, we usually offer them synthetic estrogens, but not everyone either wants to take synthetic estrogens or she shouldn't take them because of certain medical conditions. And our options for, for um, treatment were really limited. And yeah, what yeah. I would tell I was patients- actually going to ask you, um, Dr. Russell, I, want, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you, but no, you know, please, I, know, please. I, I know they teach us and, you know, obviously like I went through medical school and like they teach us that, you know, with aging, you know, what happens in terms of just what you described the dryness and stuff there, they prescribe estrogen cream, right? So yes. is that, so can you talk like just for my own nerdy knowledge, um, yeah. like, like the percentages and stuff, because that's, this is so interesting to me, um, how you, you know, approach so, so it depends on, on what you're, what you're experiencing. So, you know, if you're having abnormal periods as you're approaching menopause, then, you know, and if you want to take hormones to, to regulate your periods, we usually give you like a low dose um, you can do it low dose birth control pill. You can do hormones to just kind of regulate that. Or if you're starting to have hot flashes, um, yeah. which is the most, you know, hot flashes and, and um, bleeding changes are the most common things that women experience kind of approaching menopause. And then once you go through menopause, again, that's most people will complain. If they're going to have a physical, um, the most common complaint is the, are the hot flashes. Yeah. And for that, you, you can take hormonal therapy. And we have lots of different, like you said, different options for hormonal therapy, whether it's you know a, a pill that you take every day, a patch that you put on your skin, creams. Right. So it, we, we really just try to treat the symptoms that you're having and not always with you know 
hormones aren't always the answer to, to everything for all of your symptoms. Um, but for like things like, you know, the bleeding, abnormal bleeding or hot flashes, we usually do, um, the, the most robust, um, studies do, do, um, say that estrogen is, is the most helpful. You know, what's or really hormone, interesting. It was really interesting. Oh, you just made me, um, I just thought about this when you were explaining that is that, um, endocrinology really reminds me a lot about skincare. If, if when I think about it in terms of the overall, you know, just how it works, like it, it's a whole process, you know, that has it's, multi, it is. yeah, like multiple factors have to come in and it takes time to work really well. So, you know, it's very interesting that you went through that. It just, the analogy was there for me. In my yeah. It's funny because, you know, it wasn't until I really, you know, I actually started, um, making the, the feminine moisturizer first, where I was like, you know, I, I really don't like the products that I have to offer. You know, the only thing that I really had to offer was I would say, okay, go to your, you know, local supermarket or the pharmacy and go down the yeast infection medication aisle and look for this, this gel that looks like a medicine and feels medicinal. And, and I just didn't think it aligned with how women should be feeling about something that's so natural and, you know, it's not a yeast infection where you, it's a condition that is, needs to be fixed. It's just something that needs to be supported. And right. I didn't feel like those products were honoring or supporting, you know, what was na- a natural process of life. And so uh, about three years ago, I was just, you know, tired and decided to make my own. And, and I started mm-hmm. with the feminine moisturizer and um, I wanted to focus on three things. I, I really wanted ingredients that were naturally derived because the ones that are out there have a lot of unnatural chemicals in them. And so I wanted to be naturally derived and yeah. ingredients that had been scientifically proven to increase hydration. Um, and I wanted to make that, that first product, the feminine moisturizer, instead of a gel or a balm, which were the most common products out there, was I wanted it to be a cream, like, yeah. the, facial, like the moisturizers that you use on I your face. I love that it's a cream, by the way. It's, it's an uh, amazing product and it feels like skincare should feel, feminine skincare should feel. You know, totally. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I love the product. Totally. And that's, what, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to be, for women to be like, okay, my face gets dry. My hands get dry. My feet get dry. My vagina gets dry too. It's just right. like all any other dry part. And I really wanted it to, to feel like in the morning when you, know, when you wake up and you wash your face and you put on your serums and your moisturizer. It's For me personally, I, I feel so much better when I do that. It yes. gives me a little extra pep in my step. And exactly. so I wanted it to yeah. be the same thing for your vulva and for your vagina. I, I wanted women to feel like they were having a pampering spa experience for just another part of their body. Of course. And so, and I yeah. want to actually ask you um, a question is that what is the difference in terms of formulation um, for a vaginal moisturizing cream and versus something for facial skin? I mean, is there any difference? Yes, there is. There is. So pH, the pH of your vagina is incredibly important for maintaining what we call the vaginal ecosystem, which is, you know, we all have bacteria in our vaginas. It's what keeps it clean. It's what keeps it moist, but it has to be in a, in a very, um, it's very fickle. So if you add anything that has a different pH, it can change the pH and allow for bacteria to grow, for, for vaginal irritation, for fungus, for other, other, the bacteria that shouldn't be growing to overgrow. And then you're in a, a world of hurt um, yeah. because your pH is off. And so it needs to be a moisturizer that is consistent with the normal vaginal pH. So anything between 3.8 to 4.5 is the normal vaginal pH. And then you want to stay away from certain ingredients that might be in like a facial moisturizer or a body moisturizer that can cause 
irritation. So you don't want to, you want to stay away from fragrances, from glycerin, um, from um, parabens, from anything that um, might cause irritation. And yeah. then the, os- believe it or not, the os- something that it's, it's kind of scientific, but it's something called the osmolality, you, mm. where it, it basically, it's um, a balance of like the water within the moisturizer and your, the, the cells of, of your vagina. And if that's not in a, in a good that's balance. That's very it, interesting. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I can, I can tell you how many patients I've seen who come in with vaginal infections because they, they just were so desperate. They tried anything and it yeah. just, you know, it caused a, a bad reaction. So it, it really is important to, to, whatever you do put on your vulva and your vagina, which really, if, you, if you're not having any issues, don't really, you should leave your little vagina alone. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting stuff on there that's not meant for the, the area. You know, one thing I'm really curious about is if the, if normal vaginal flora um, impacts the, the normal skin flora in the, you know, in the vulva area and, you know, just outside. Because it does. Like, yeah, it, because it, you know how they're talking about like the microbiome more now in skincare and stuff? That's why I asked. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, you, I can tell you that a patient has an infection just by looking at her vulva, you know, the skin of her, um, the, the labia, essentially yeah. the, the, the skin that op- to the opening of the vagina. And, and then, you know, sure enough, there's like a, a, a raging infection inside. So yes, they are very, um, there is a, a, they're very connected. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, I, it's very interesting. And this area actually for me is very medically, you know, from a medical standpoint, very interesting because I feel like it's, you know, really um, an innovation and a step forward in the specialty, uh, in your specialty. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to see more papers come out like about um, skin health or in, in the vaginal area and the, in the feminine area. And it's, that would be very interesting for me to, I agree. I agree. We're lacking. We are definitely lacking in, in um, our scientific journals of that area. I agree. Now, how has that been though? Now, n- knowing that and knowing that you're, you know, um, you're an expert in your area and you, you've seen so many patients and you have the experience. How does that feel um, being a founder as well? You know, because you obviously, you know, the science in your head, but then you're trying to apply it, but there's no papers out there. So how's that process? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's a lot of research. It, it was a lot of, you know, like some, some topics you look up and there are a million articles and you could, you could probably, you know, I can think of, um, you know, scientific projects that I did when I was in medical school and, or a resident. And it was, you know, I would do it in a night, no problem. I could get it done. But for this, I mean, that's why it took three years. It was a very long process, especially because, you know, I was also making a moisturizer for the face at the same time that was based on your hormonal changes. And so that's a whole different set of research. So it, it is a lot of, um, for me, it was, you know, a lot of late nights and a lot of, you know, discussing with colleagues and tapping into the, the medical, beautiful medical library of other physicians that I have. So I, I, it's I like having really an lucky. impromptu medical yes. conference, oh, you know, I, yeah. I, you have, you know, I, you have no idea how many of my medical, um, like my physician friends have, have, have been guinea pig, were guinea pigs at the beginning to try this. So um, it's been a fun process. Definitely. I love that. And I'm glad that you brought up your facial moisturizer because that's in my introduction. That's what I meant is that is genuinely my favorite moisturizer is by my bedside. I use it every night. My skin has been 
responding from it, I think, better than any other moisturizer I've ever used. And so oh I my really gosh. wanted, yeah, it's it's nuts. And I'm not saying that lightly. I mean, I, I have before and after pictures for you, by the way, <laughs> so if you want them. Um, it's, it's really made a difference. And so I want to talk about the science of that. And I'm glad that you brought it up a little bit before about how, you know, it's a very different formulation. So can you walk us through that? Yeah. So I think what a lot of women don't realize is, you know, estrogen is one of the most um, powerful hormones that we have. And as, and what I, I don't think, I didn't even know this until I started doing all this research is that our skin is very, very dependent on estrogen. We need estrogen to produce collagen, to produce hyaluronic acid, to produce elastin for good wound healing. And as our estrogen levels start to decline, you know, in our, in our mid thirties and on, um, where we aren't as able to, to our skin doesn't heal as well. We aren't able mm-hmm. to maintain that, that hydration and that moisture at a molecular level. You know, we can't make the collagen and the hyaluronic acid and the elastin. So what I did is I found um, these ingredients that basically work at the estrogen receptors to support as you know, those depleted estrogen receptors to support the production um, of those important molecules. And they're just such powerful antioxidants, which is why, I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard many times over that I, you know, I wasn't expecting a lot of women were saying that it was really helping with their um, acne, which yeah. I, which, you know, I, I was for personally, for me, it was more of like, I think it helped with the fine lines, but the, the, I heard more about the acne helping with the acne than anything else and hormonal acne. So it's, well, it's in, like, it's, you know, it's like topical birth control for your hormonal acne. Like that's the effect <laughs> that you're getting. Seriously. That's I, I, don't think, I don't think it's that strong. It's not, it's not I mean, that strong. Well, it's not, you but know, I'm it, exaggerating, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But my, you know, I think it, it's really working um, on, on that molecular level. I think something is definitely happening that's very much in sync with our normal physiology. You know what I mean? And it's almost, yeah. I feel like resetting my skin. That's how it feels. And that's why I yeah. said it's my new favorite moisturizer because when I don't use it, there was like one night where I didn't use it. Um, nothing happened or anything, but like, I felt the difference. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah. I don't like this other moisture. I don't like the way it's sitting on my skin because- uh, La Maria's moisturizer sinks into my skin immediately. And it's like almost like it blends in and adapts to my skin. And I feel that immediately. And I'm noticing that that's exactly how my the effects are. It's an adaptation of my normal physiology. And it's, it's, I've noticed a glow. I've noticed, you know, obviously like I, I don't really have adult acne that much, thankfully, you know, I had a long time, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, so just to adding to your point, like, I think it's, it's definitely very, very effective. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying yeah. that. No, no. So now my follow-up question actually is more about um, when you were coming out into the market and, you know, obviously the skincare industry is very saturated. There's a lot of people that have visions, you know, some are great, but some not so much. Um, yeah. But, you know, how was that, you know, in terms of introducing this to the consumers and really um, relaying what your vision was and, you know, really getting people on board with what you were trying to, you know, to bring out. So I think, I think it's, it's, it was interesting because I, at first was just, because I made the feminine moisturizer first, I was going to just introduce that. And, and we got, I was placed very early on into like the sexual wellness category because it was a feminine hmm. wellness product, which I isn't really aligned to what, what, I mean, yes. I mean, it, it feels good to have intercourse when your vagina is not hurting because it's not so dry but right. it, it's, this isn't a, a lubricant, right? There's a huge difference between a personal lubricant 
and a moisturizer. So a personal lubricant is something that you use for intercourse. It's meant to be a short, um, short amount of hydration just for, you know, while you have intercourse and, and then that's it. Whereas a, a feminine moisturizer is for women who have dryness, like on a chronic at a chronic state where they're feeling dryness daily, you know, they don't even have to be having intercourse. I have some women who their dryness is so um, debilitating that they, they like aren't able to do certain activities. Like I had a patient who couldn't play her tennis anymore because she felt like when her labia were rubbing up against each other, it was like sandpaper. And so for women, like, yeah. And so, you know, I didn't want to be just placed in that sexual wellness category. I wanted it to be seen as a, as a wellness brand for women in general, you know, yeah. from, from head to toe and one that was for our hormonal changes in general, because it's, it's to not get the taboo out of the picture. Oh, right? like, hundred percent like, more like, than anything. Why, do we, why does everything have to be like feminine health, like super sanitary? Like, you know what I mean? Like hospital more than sounding. anything. Yeah. You know, we don't need to do that with everything. And it's like, yes. okay, I have a vaginal moisturizer. So what? Like, it's cool. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know? I mean, that's what I, I, I mean, that's, I thought of that as I was, you know, making the packaging, I wanted yeah. it to be a beautiful experience so that it, it's something that would sit on your counter next to your favorite moisturizer that you use on your face. And it would just be, a, you know, a product that you were proud to, to, to share your, with your friends. Cause you're like, this is of amazing course. and beautiful. And it, yes, this is what I experienced. And it's totally, totally normal. You know, you know, I know that there's a lot of buzz right now around packaging, right? Um, There's a lot of, and your packaging is absolutely gorgeous. And I want to ask you, like, when it comes to that, like, um, did you, do you have like luxury packaging versus like when you were picking it out, like, what were some of the things that you had to choose from? You know, I, I knew right away what I wanted. I, I actually, as soon as I made the product and I felt how, luscious that the cream was. I was like, oh, I need like top of the line packaging for this because this feels so luscious and luxurious. And I wanted the packaging to align with the experience. And so I I actually um, had, I think it was a perfume box that I loved. And, you know, it's my favorite perfume that my husband gave to me, you know, when we first started dating. And I, like maybe because it had such a special place in my heart, I wanted it to be as special as that was. And so I actually took that box and said, I want this box and I want this, the, these colors. And, and that was kind of, it, everything went from this box. It all started with the box. And then we I worked around them. the box. Yeah. <laughs> I love them all. You know, you just need one little spark of inspiration yeah. in terms of like a palette. Yeah. I yes. like that. Your, your packaging is beautiful. And I think um, that's why I asked about the luxury because, you know, I think, um, right now, the conversation is a lot around um, sustainability and yeah. people love talking about that. But I think there's a very special place in all of our hearts for something beautiful and, you know, something you're proud to put on a vanity and yeah. proud to put, like I keep mine right next to me, like on my bed, you know, so I, if someone yeah. walks into my bedroom, like I want them to like, I want it to be pretty, right? Yeah, so so, I mean, so do things. I. I, I yeah. too, there's, there's just me too, me too. And that also and- goes with being feminine. Like that's the thing. Like we don't have to apologize for wanting to be feminine. You know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> or, or for being real. Like this is me, yeah. and I'm, st- I'm still amazing. You know, yeah. not that I, you know, I'm, st- I am amazing. There's no still. I am amazing, and so I, I don't think that there. It's just a part of life and who we are, and I think it's, you know unrealistic to think that this isn't going to happen because guess what we're all going to go through it whether you if you are a female you will 100% go through it so you know you might as well 
embrace it and, and, and support it and honor it because it, it's, I mean, our bodies have done so much for us. They do so much for us on a daily basis. Why not give, you know, give it something that, that it deserves yeah. the best. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Now I want to ask like, how long did it take to formulate for you? Because I mean, it's, it's a beautiful formula, both of the formulas. The formula took the longest. It, it took about two years of so many renditions and so many um, guinea, you know, first my family and friends were the guinea pigs. And then I had, you know, focus groups of women that I, I didn't know. Um, and I think it was, of course, like, you know, your family says, oh, this is so great. This is so great. And you, I just didn't believe it. I was like, you're all telling me this because you just want, you know, want to make me happy. And then when I sent it out to the focus group, and it was amazing the the feedback I got, and they were yeah. they were also so wonderful to be you know guinea pigs, and you know even even if like I you know I had a, a few who are like oh you know it 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 stung a little bit, but I and I'm still willing to do the next round because it was so good for these other reasons, and so it was really a fun a fun process and many renditions until finally at the very end I was like this is it this is this yeah. is it I love that. It's ready. I mean, that- that must have felt like, you know, I, I, that moment of, aha, yes, love it. It is. And then you have to go through testing, right? So then once, once it's like, okay, this is the formula, then you have to, you know, go through stability testing and antimicrobial and, um, and uh, irritation testing. And, and that's where it's like, oh my gosh, I, what happens if this doesn't pass and I have to start over? And so it yeah. really, there's a lot of stress involved in, in formulation making as well. So, but it, it was... I mean, yeah. it's such a labor of love. It's definitely is a labor of love. No, I mean, it, I'm sure it is. And, and I actually, you know, I, I want to ask you, like, like when it comes to, like, in terms of, like, feminine health, I know there's a lot of products out there. I know that we have, um, now we have washes, which are very, um, you know, specific for pH balancing and whatnot. And, you know, in terms of a ritual, I want you to give everybody listening, like, a nice little short skincare ritual for, a vagina, you know, something that's going to be something we can incorporate every day. Like, can you, you know, give us something like, okay. So you cut out at the very beginning, but I think you're just telling me to tell you what the best ritual is for your vulva, your vagina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here, here is my number one recommendation. If, if there is nothing wrong with your vagina, your vulva, you, you don't need to do anything, but when you take a shower, let the soap that you use for your body, just like run over the area, um, you don't put anything in, don't put any soap inside it, You know, if you have sensitive skin, then use something that's, you know, hypoallergenic or a sensitive skin soap more on the outside, you know, yeah. on, on the, the lips of, on the outside, but nothing on the inside. Um, I think the more you can leave your little vulva and vagina alone, the better, the better for it. I mean, of course, if you're having itching or irritation or, um, dryness that, I mean, I would definitely tell you to go see your gynecologist first to make sure that it isn't an infection or there are some skin conditions of the vulva that, you know, need actual, um, prescription medication. So I would first just check to make sure that it's just, um, dryness that is, you know, due to hormone. Oh, you cut out. Uh, No, any kind of, are you there? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You can use any over-the-counter moisturizer. Um, but other than that, you, there is really no routine that you, that you need to, to so like use, to, but yeah. if you do have, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but if you do have like, you know, chronic daily moisturizer, you can either, you know, use a moisturizer every three days or every day until you kind of are feeling like your moisture levels are better. And then you can kind of use it as needed. But I think maintenance is, is the best key, like every three, three or four days. Um, if you do have dryness, that is kind of more of a chronic condition. That's interesting. Um, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm curious because, you know, now that these products are coming out, like it's becoming more more normal, you know, to just to add this into your rituals. So that's why I asked. But I'm curious about yes. um, FDA stuff. Like, but, you know, you- I, I think, oh, yeah. As, as far as, um, you know, the other, there are a lot of products that I have patients come in and ask me, oh, can I use this? Anything that's to beautify your vagina or your vulva is, is probably not, not the best thing to use. Because, you know, there, you know, I have patients who, you know, things that are supposed to make the odor a different odor. Yeah. If if you have an odor that you you don't, yeah. If you don't think the odor is right, if it smells a little off, then go in. Cause most of the time, if your odor is off, it probably means you have an infection that isn't going to be fixed with just an over the counter, um, you know, beautiful. Yeah. If there's something wrong, there's something wrong. Like go to an OB, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or or exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I completely um, agree with you, but um, I want to know more about the FDA side of things. Have you thought about going through FDA approval? I mean, is that something you've considered or um, do you think it's even necessary? So oh, I absolutely think that um, for anything that's going to go inside your vagina, it should be FDA either at least cleared. So the difference between, you know, things that you put on the outside are you know, they're considered more cosmetic and they don't need FDA clearance. But if you're going to place something inside your vagina, it then becomes a medical device. And so it should have FDA clearance um, because the absorption is so much more within the mucosa, the the tissue inside your vagina. So yeah, it it, it is actually really important um, if, you know, to have products be FDA cleared or FDA approved before they go inside your vagina. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I wonder that because I know with skincare, um, even like, you know, um, these days with other brands and it's mostly facial products, people talk a lot about, you know, FDA clearance or clinical trials and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I just wonder like how much that matters. Um, I mean, I know it matters, don't uh, get me wrong, but it's like, you know, to what degree? I think it does because, you know, I think you know, the FDA they're looking to see, you know, what the pH of your product is. And if it is, you know, compatible with the tissue and where it's, yeah. where it's intended to be used. So I think it really is important if it's, you know, for a certain area that is a little bit more sensitive than other areas. Right. Yeah. And of course, like, you know, if they have incredibly strong ingredients that, you know, are, are working as medicines, then yes, I think definitely it needs, it needs to um, be looked at by the FDA. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, I actually want to just, you know, close off by asking you, um, you know, any advice you have for everybody out there listening. I know that, um, you know, the specialty you're in OBGYN is very, very competitive. And I know a lot of people listen in that might be interested in the medical route. So do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, for, for those that want to get into medicine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, it was, this was the best decision I ever, ever made. I was meant to be an OBGYN. So yeah. I think, and it was a long haul. And I think that there were many times that even, even knowing exactly that this is what I want to do, there were so many times that I was discouraged because it, it's a hard road. There are a lot of, you know, entrance exams and then more exams and a lot of, you know, isolation from your family and your friends. But it was, you know, I look back and 
it was so worth every, every, you know, holiday spending by myself in a library for sure. And you just, you know, you just, once you're, you, you know, that's what you want to do. You just have to kind of get through it and push through it. And there are not, I don't know many, at least in the OBGYN field, not a lot of physicians um, really regret that decision because it is such a beautiful field to be in. You know, it's for the most part, it's a, we have the beauty of, you know, being part of people's lives when they introduce a new family member, you know, when they have babies, it's, it's really, and then we're yeah. there for, you know, as they transition into another beautiful part of life, menopause. And, you know, then, then it's, there's nothing more exciting than seeing one of a patient that you delivered as like a teenager when they get their first period. So it really is. That's so cool. And it's, and it's all women, right? So, I mean, and you have to really love women and feel very connected to women to, to do that. And so if if it's something that you're interested in, I can't, I cannot tell you um, what a, what a satisfying um, career it is. And you just have to, you know, put your head down and study and and go for it because it's, There'll be some hard days, but I promise at the end, it's worth it. Oh, I love that. I really (laughs) love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is really, really, um, you know, true nuggets of, you know, wisdom and everyone listening. I hope you love this episode. Please go check out La Maria. It's a beautiful line. Um, I can't rave enough about it. And, you know, leave us some comments, some feedback. If you have any questions for Dr. Vasquez's team, I will definitely pass them along. And I would love to hear your thoughts about what you guys loved, what you didn't love about any of the Skincare Anarchy episodes. So thank you and stay tuned for another one.